VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Yesterday, here on Crosstalk, we began re-airing the audio as it was recorded live at a VCY rally in September of 2022. Presenting was Alex Newman, Exposing the Great Reset. Alex Newman, the noted journalist, author, researcher, educator, consultant, and for Christians, brother in Christ. With so much in this Great Reset to talk about, we knew it would take a couple of days to get it all to you here on Crosstalk. Yet with this timely, critical information and Alex's powerful PowerPoint presentation, a DVD has now been made available where you can see it all for yourself and for those you love. We will share with you how to acquire that DVD later in today's program. As Alex has already explained, what we see happening in our nation and our world today, it did not just happen overnight. How globalist elitists are practically dismissing the America we know and love and are making these closed-door plans for the very near future to control the very way that we live, move, and have our being. Alex says, Who do these intellectuals like Yuval Harari think they are? God? Now, Yuval Noah Harari, we met him earlier. His latest book is called Homo Deus, and um, he's arguing that we're going to move from Homo sapiens to human God. Uh, And he he really believes that. He really believes that we're going to become gods. Uh, This madness has been endorsed by all the world leaders that you can think of, and then some more. And uh, here he is talking about our Lord, our Savior, our King. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Wait, that's This is fake news, he says at Google. And they're all like, ha, yeah. Okay. But here's what's not fake news. We are going to be as gods, okay? Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. Oh, we're going to upgrade humans into gods, okay? We, this is literally the oldest lie in the book, okay? Go to Genesis 3, verse 4 and 5. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, right? We've heard this same lie straight from the pit of hell. Now, here's Ray Kurzweil. He's the chief of engineering at Google. He's got similar delusions. Listen. So does God exist? Well, I would say not yet. Not yet. Google hasn't invented him yet, but just wait. So they've already got the Church of Artificial Intelligence. Their founding charter says they're dedicated to the realization, acceptance, and worship of a godhead based on artificial intelligence developed through computer software and hardware. Now go back to your Old Testament and read about the Israelites, the Hebrews, constantly going and worshiping the things that they made, a pole, a stick, a rock, whatever, right? This is all, they're worshiping demons. And uh, Romans 1 warns us about this, right? They suppress the truth and their unrighteousness. God gives them over to the, to the lusts of their hearts. They dishonor their own bodies. They exchange the truth about God for a lie, and they worship the creature rather than the creator. So man has not changed much in 3,000 years, has he? Now, we've had this problem before, even in not-too-distant past. Uh, George Hegel, the philosopher from Germany, he argued that the state is God. The government is God. We could call it Godverment. Uh, here's his famous line, Es ist der Gang Gottes in der Welt, das der Staat ist. So God is uh, the state, right? Uh, he inspired people like Karl Marx, Chairman Mao, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Right? Great people to emulate. So that's what happens when you worship things that are not supposed to be worshipped. Statues, demons, fake gods, computers, yourself, money. Right? Uh, now here is uh, Joe Biden. So uh, we're moving on from the uh, Fourth Industrial Revolution. But uh, they're going to use crises to bring this about, folks. So here's Joe Biden uh, inadvertently speaking the truth. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did re- re- talk about food shortages. 
and uh, and it's going to be real. It's going to be real. Food shortages are coming, folks. They are waging a war on farmers all over the world. I've been tracking this for many years. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to destroy our agricultural production, our food systems, but they are working very hard at it. And uh, they have a solution for that crisis they created too, right? We're going to eat bugs. Here's the World Economic Forum. And with that music, how could you not agree? Makes me want to eat crickets. They're healthy and rich in fats. And they can be farmed at scale. Yeah, will you save the planet by eating creepy crawlies and cockroaches? Uh, so they're broadcasting this now all over the place. Here's a PBS tax-funded propaganda. As new research helps bring unexpected ingredients to the table. It kind of tastes like shrimp. They have this seafood quality to them. Okay, now they're teaching this to our children, right? This is uh, something a parent sent me in Florida, by the way. Bugs, the food of the future. And they say people need to get over their fear of eating bugs. They're yummy and delicious, and plus we're going to save the world. Now, Leviticus 11.41 describes the eating of insects as an abomination. Starting that out there. Uh, Now, uh, very quickly, I went to the National uh, Library of Medicine, and I just looked it up real quick. I found two studies in 30 seconds on the eating of bugs. One of them from 2017 says bugs have this compound in them called chitin, and this is what they say chitin causes to the human body. It provokes a human innate immunity to generate a deluge of inflammatory cytokines which injure organs, leading to asthma, atopic dermatitis, and in persistent situations lead to death, multiple sclerosis, systemic lupus, cancer, etc. You ready for cockroach soup? Okay, and now in 2009, or 2019, they had another study. They found that insects are a critical vector for transmitting disgusting, deadly, dangerous parasites to animals and humans. So sign me up, right? Now, uh, Klaus Buch's great reset, uh, he also outlines something very critical, and that is the end run around the nation state. Uh, he's got a whole section on this about regional governments. He says the most likely outcome along the globalization, no globalization continuum will lie in an in-between solution, regionalization. He points to the European Union as a good example of success, and then he points out that, oh, North America, yeah, Canada, America, uh, Mexico, they trade more with each other than with China or Europe. That'll be perfect for a North American Union, and they're very proud of this agenda, guys. Here is... Um, Guy Verhofstadt, uh, he's a leader of the European Union. On, on a world level, I think it's absolutely necessary that we go in the direction of a network of regional organizations. We have the European Union in Europe. Uh, maybe tomorrow in Asia, we shall create an uh, Asian uh, currency uh, unit, uh, like we have the uh, Economic and Monetary Union in Europe. Uh, there is certainly also... Uh, so here's the Prime Minister of New Zealand, also a critical player at the UN. I think in terms of advocacy for the needs of a wide range of states, the regional organizations which exist around our world are very important. We've spoken in this interview about Europe and its role on behalf of its 27 members. But we also have a very coherent African Union. Uh, We have in Southeast Asia the ASEAN family of nations, which is developing its its own charter. So what do you think? Did people all over the world just wake up one day and say, "Ah, we don't need a nation anymore. Let's just go ahead and have a regional government, right? All over the world at the same time? (laughs) Really? Really? Okay, obviously this is being engineered. Uh, This is the uh, former foreign minister of the European Union. She was foreign minister at the time. Listen to her talking about this. Our cooperation with our friends and partners around the world is based mainly on this, on trying to support and encourage regional integration and partnerships. That is true in the Arab world and the Middle East. That is true for Africa, with the African Union, but also with the G5 Sahel. So their policy, she says, is to create these regional governments all over the world. Now, they didn't think this up. Uh, Henry Kissinger, who incidentally is the guy who groomed Klaus Schwab to found the World Economic Forum. We'll talk a little bit about the deep state later. But he put out a book a few years ago in 2016 called World Order. Now, Kissinger's been a big New World Order guy for a long time, but he gave away the game. The contemporary quest for world order or world government will require a coherent strategy to establish a concept of order within the various regions and then to relate these regional orders to one another. Wow, it's like they know the script. Here's uh, Henry Kissinger. When really a new world order can be created, it's a great opportunity. There's a need for a new world order. There's a need for a new world order. 
Okay. Now, Kissinger himself was actually the poodle of David Rockefeller. The Rockefeller dynasty found him, identified him, groomed him, and then put him out there as a, kind of an architect of the New World Order. Now, Rockefeller, before he passed away, wrote his memoirs. These were published in 2012. Um, he died a couple years ago, went to go meet his maker, and I cannot imagine that went very well. But here's what he said in his uh, memoirs. He says, some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure, a one world, if you will. And then he says, if that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. So on page 405, he's proud of conspiring against our country to build a one-world order with a secret cabal in his own words. As far as I'm concerned, that's smoking gun evidence. Prosecute the guy. That's called treason. But we he's have alone. before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Okay, that's a lot to unpack there. A credible United Nations, which is like an oxymoron, but they're going to use their peacekeeping forces, their military, their troops, right? The goobers with the blue helmets, famous for raping women and children around the world, to impose the vision of the UN's founders. Pretty extraordinary. Let's meet the UN's founders. Algar Hiss, key representative representing supposedly the United States. He was the uh, chairman of the conference that wrote the UN Charter. Then he was the first secretary general of the United Nations. They really liked him. That should have been our first red flag. Uh, and then uh, Joseph Stalin, one of the worst mass murdering butchers and savages to have ever walked on this planet. He sent this guy here, Mr. Molotov, his foreign minister. And um, yeah, interesting duo. Uh, we ended up prosecuting Algar Hiss because it turned out he was a spy for Joseph Stalin. So there you have your founders of the United Nations. Now, does that sound like a good idea to use the UN's military to implement the vision of the UN's founders? No. Right, that's crazy talk. Uh, not picking on Republicans here. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden also. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Yeah, we've got to create a new world order. So here's uh, one of the other founders of the United Nations. He was uh, Secretary of State for a time. His name is John Foster Dulles. He helped set up the Council on Foreign Relations. And in 1950, he published a book where he gave away the end game. The game has always been to create a one-world government. It says the UN is just a primitive stage. The primary task is going to be to make possible a more highly developed organization. He says, I've never seen any proposal for collective security with teeth in it for world government or world federation that could not be carried out under the charter of the United Nations. So he said the charter was already good enough to build a world government. We just had to get the world ready for it. Now, uh, God is pretty clear about why he divided the planet into nations. It was God who divided us into nations, not man. Wow. Wow. Alex Newman here exposing the great, or not so great, reset. A global reset that predicts food shortage, thus no more beef on your table, but instead insects. Let them eat insects, saith Bill Gates. Friends, I wish we were kidding. Stay with us. It is break time. So they want to reset the world, eh? What does God think about that? Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, fossils are found in some pretty strange places sometimes, aren't they? Yes, indeed they are, Chris. Usually they're found entombed in sedimentary rock, which originally was sediments that were laid down by moving water. But since then, it's hardened into stone, allowing the dead things to harden into fossils. But sometimes the fossils are found in truly weird areas. In a place in Britain, mud continually bubbles up out of an underground spring. It's not just water, it's mud. But with the mud often pops up a fossil. It might be a clam or a brachiopod, but it's in a pristine state of preservation. This is weird. 
but one thing I know is that it fits nicely within the general picture of the great flood of Noah's day, the one that's mentioned back in Genesis. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. Back on Crosstalk from the VCY America Radio Network. Exposing the Great Reset, a presentation from Alex Newman. We are now well into our second day of bringing this to you, as the information is just so timely and is clearly shining light onto the dark globalist agenda that makes no room for folks like you and me. The elitist mindset that Alex has exposed here says that commoners should just eat bugs, that commoners are, for the most part, useless people, and that nations as we know them should all be redrawn. But is global or world government biblical? What does God think about that, Alex? Now, uh, God is pretty clear about why he divided the planet into nations. It was God who divided us into nations, not man. Um, In Acts chapter 17, we read that he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the faces of the earth. He even determined allotted periods and boundaries of our dwelling places. So God is the author of nations. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8, we read that when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. And you can read that whole story. It's in Genesis chapter 11. The Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. They left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. So people were, God said, spread out. The people said, nah, we're just going to hang out here and build a big tower. So God said, all right, you're gone, right? And he separated us all into nations. But these people want to build a one-world government, and there's their little peace armies right there. Now, what is this one-world government, this new world odor, going to look like? Well, let's ask uh, Dr. Evil number two, George Soros. So I think you need a, a new world order that China has to be part of the process of creating it and they have to buy in they have to own it the same way as let's say the united states owns the washington consensus the current order so the most murderous dictatorship in all of human history has to own the new world order says george soros Uh, now david rockefeller he says in 1973 by the way as millions of innocent people were being slaughtered by the communist government of china he had just gotten back from a trip and he wrote in the new york times There you can see uh, what the paper looked like. He said, The social experiment in China under Chairman Mao's leadership is one of the most important and successful in human history. Pretty amazing. And look, the communists love the idea of a new world order, too. Here's Alicia Garza, one of the three founders of Black Lives Matter. What do you think's at stake in November election? Everything. (laughs) Like, everything is at stake. And I'm really not being um, facetious about that. To be real, what's at stake is whether or not a new world order is able to take root and grow. Okay, so what was at stake in the 2020 elections? Whether we can have a new world order. The communists want it, the super capitalists want it, everybody except the American people, apparently. Now, uh, when all the UN founders met in San Francisco, they went to a very strange meeting. They went to the Bohemian Grove. Uh, It's in the Redwood Forest of Northern California. They meet once a year, totally secret, 2,500 of the most powerful men in the world. Uh, They have a giant statue of a 40-foot stone owl. This is a picture of it during the day. And um, so all of the founding delegates to the UN went down there. We know there's been an entire dissertation written about it. Uh, This gentleman here, uh, Peter Phillips, got his doctorate in this. Um, And he talks about how all the UN delegates went down there. Very strange. Richard Nixon, he said that uh, the most important speech, this is from his memoirs, the most important speech of his entire political career was the one he gave at the Bohemian Grove. That's interesting. That's not actually what he thought. If you heard those recordings, I can't repeat what he said. He was not a big fan of the Bohemian Grovers. But somebody snuck in with a camera. Look at what they captured. This is a ritual called the cremation of care. They're burning what they claim is a human effigy at the foot of this 40-foot stone owl. Again, the most powerful men in the world. Every Republican president of the last hundred years, with the exception of Donald Trump, has attended. Watch this. This is their cremation of care ceremony. It's how they get rid of their cares. It's a 20-minute video. You can watch the whole thing online, but I just wanted to... They're tiki torches and... 
So pretty amazing. And uh, the guy who filmed that, actually, right here, he uh, confronted David Gergen, uh, one of the attendees and regular members of this club. He's been a top advisor to four presidents. Check this out, what he said on the streets of D.C. Presidential administrations. Okay, one last question. I read a Washington Times article many years ago where you had a comment about the organization, and then now it's been in the Wall Street Journal, it's been in a lot of different newspapers, and that's the Bohemian Grove. And back in, what was it, 19... Uh, 96 when you joined uh, as a Clinton advisor they were the Republicans were criticizing you oh what about Bohemian Grove and then you countered uh, and then you countered them by saying hey I don't run around in the woods naked what did that mean here is the before mentioned Washington Times article where he said I didn't run around naked like they do that's what you guys do I don't know what I don't know what quote you're referring to I'm not aware of any quote like that uh, listen uh, I am uh, 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 happy member of the Bohemian Grove. I like the, uh, the folks who come there, and uh, it's really inappropriate for me to uh, talk about a uh, uh, the group beyond that. Thank you. Have you been there for the ceremony with uh, the cremation of care? Uh, frankly, that's, uh, that, uh, I don't think that's something I need to talk to you about. Yeah, super awkward. I wouldn't want to talk about that either. <laughs> super awkward. So there's a whole bunch of these guys. In the interest of time, we're just going to couple, cover a couple of them. Uh, the Skull and Bones Society. It's a secret society at Yale University. They bring in 15 new members every year. That's actually their logo right there. I'm not kidding you. Uh, and one of America's greatest historians, Anthony Sutton of Stanford University, he ended up writing a book about it. Uh, my late friend Charlotte Iserbit, her dad and her grandpa were both members. She was senior advisor to Ronald Reagan on education policy. And when her dad died, she got all these documents, and she handed them to Anthony Sutton. She said, you need to see this stuff. I said, wow. He wrote two books about it. The first one was America's Secret Establishment, an Introduction to the Order of Skull and Bones. And he said the Skull and Bones is a recruiting ground for a global conspiracy for world government. Uh, somebody got some video of what they do at the tomb, which is their headquarters. And so when we heard that some enterprising characters had managed to spy on the famous Skull and Bone Society, well, we couldn't resist. Here's ABC's Dan Harris. The videotape provides a grainy glimpse into what appear to be the initiation rituals of a secret society that's been around since 1832, whose members have gone on to be leaders of Wall Street and the White House, the Senate and the Supreme Court. They're sort of trying to scare the initiates, make them... Uh you know, disorient them, frighten them. New York Observer investigative reporter Ron Rosenbaum accompanied a team of Yale students who shot these pictures nine days ago. Rosenbaum's curiosity about skull and bones was permanently piqued when, as a classmate of George W. Bush, he lived right next to the tomb, the group's heavily fortified home. From their perch, Rosenbaum and his cohorts taped the tomb's courtyard. What they captured, they say, was initiates, known as neophytes, being forced to kiss a skull, then members performing a mock killing. Yeah, normal stuff, just kissing skulls, mock human sacrifices, hanging out in coffins. I mean, that's what you guys do on weekends also, I assume. Yeah, okay. So uh, Anthony Sutton said that this process they use is a dialectical process where change requires conflict. Conflict requires a clash of opposites. You can't just have a right. You've got to have a right and a left. So uh, one obvious example, um, Anthony Sutton actually wrote some incredible books about how Wall Street mega bankers financed the Bolshevik Revolution and how the U.S. government and American corporations deliberately built up the Soviet economy. They built their factories. They built their weapons. Why in the world would they do that? Now, here's an even more obvious example. You can't just have a right. You've got to have a right and a left, okay? Some of you guys probably remember the 2004 election. Here were your choices. You were both in skull and bone of the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? The conspiracy theorists are going to go on. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I haven't seen the website. Number 322. <laughs> uh, first of all, he's not the nominee. And, uh, but, uh, look, I look for... Are you prepared to lose? No, I'm not going to lose. You both were members of Spell and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> Imagine, what are the odds out of 330 million Americans that both major party presidential candidates both come from the same tiny secret society that recruits 15 new people each year? Infinitesimally small, okay? Another one of these groups is the Council on Foreign Relations. They're not a secret society. They have a website. They have about 5,000 members. Carol Quigley said this was basically the deep state headquarters here in the United States. David Rockefeller was the chairman for quite a long time. Uh, Admiral Chester Ward joined. He spent 16 years there. Then he defected. He said their goal is to disarm our sovereignty and our national independence and to submerge us into an all-powerful one-world government. 
He said, in the entire CFR lexicon, there's no term of revulsion carrying a meaning so deep as America first. Uh, in their magazine, they have a magazine called Foreign Affairs. They brag about how they're going to do an end run around national sovereignty, a trade agreement here, a UN agreement there. And pretty soon you wake up and we have a world government. Now, to show you the power of this group, I'll let these people speak for themselves. Here's uh, then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Thank you very much, um, Richard. And I am delighted to be here in these new headquarters um, I have been often to, uh, I guess, the mothership in New York City, uh, but it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. Uh, we get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have as far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. Wow, so Hillary Clinton says the Council on Foreign Relations tells her what she should be doing and how she should think about the future. Here's uh, Darth Vader, better known as Dick Cheney. It's good to be back at the Council on Foreign Relations. As uh, Pete mentioned, I've been a member for a long time and was actually a director for some period of time. I never mentioned that when I was campaigning for re-election back home in Wyoming. <laughs> no, I never mentioned that when I'm campaigning for re-election. Now, Joe Biden, you guys remember when he said he couldn't answer any more questions because they were going to get mad at him? Who's going to get mad at you? Like, your mom? Like... So, so we wonder, you know, who, who is Joe Biden working for? And uh, he actually answers the question here. He's sitting at the Council on Foreign Relations. This is Richard Haas, the president. Listen. The subject, though, today is uh, another article in the, uh, in the magazine. Uh, I probably should introduce myself to people, everybody. Uh, my name is Richard Haas, by the way. Uh, I work here at the Council on Foreign Relations. <laughs> and uh, I work for Richard. <laughs> and I work for Richard, says Joe Biden. Okay. Here's some of the other members, okay? And now you're probably wondering at this point, some of you at least, why haven't I heard about this? Why didn't my local TV station, why didn't my newspaper tell me about this? Well, they're all reading from the same script. Chica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, to is to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we, we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible one stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 And it goes on and on and on. Uh, by the way, happy Constitution Day. America is a constitutional republic, not a democracy. Just throwing that out there. Incidentally, it was Constitution Day, September 17, 2022, when this presentation was recorded. Alex Newman exposing the Great Reset we are in our second day of sharing this with you here on Crosstalk. And to not just hear, but to see this entire excellent program from Alex Newman on DVD, simply call the VCY switchboard during business hours at 1-800-729-9829. Ask for Exposing the Great Reset. It truly is a must-have resource, and you may want to consider an extra copy for a friend. You can also get it online at crosstalkamerica.com. Year after year, generation after generation, we as Americans enjoy the right and opportunity to let our voices be heard through the election of our governing officials. With over 200 years of peaceful transition from one elected body to another, the stability of America's republic stands alone among nations. Our founders pledged their life, their fortune, and their sacred honor in the establishment of this nation. Our country's founding documents have guided this nation and are the substance by which today's laws are judged. Do you own a copy of the Constitution? Documents of Freedom 
is a pocket-sized booklet containing the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all other amendments passed. The booklet also features the Declaration of Independence and Washington's Farewell. Documents of Freedom is available for a donation of $5 or more to VCY America and can be made by calling 1-800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829. We are back on Crosstalk, exposing the Great Reset, a presentation from Alex Newman at a VCY rally in Southeast Wisconsin. Just before the break, were you as surprised as we were at that audio? The audio, and if you were watching this DVD, you could actually see the video that Alex is sharing of all the TV reporters reading the same exact scripts. Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, Our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is to, to serve, serve our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Uh, by the way, America is a constitutional republic, not a democracy. Just throwing that out there. Now, you're probably wondering at this point, like, who is writing that script for them, right? Who in the world is writing this? Well, uh, some of you guys probably recognize uh, Walter Cronkite. He'll give you a real clue. Here he is getting his Globalist of the Year award. Listen to what he says. Their leader, Pat Robertson, has written in a book a few years ago that we should have a world government, but only when the Messiah arrives. He wrote, and literally, any attempt to achieve world order before that time must be the work of the devil. Well, join me. I'm glad to sit here at the right hand of Satan. Wow! I'm glad to sit here at the right hand of Satan, says the most powerful, most well-known journalist in the country. Here's Hillary Clinton congratulating him for you younger folks who don't recognize him. We would like to bring you a message from the First Lady of the United States, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Good evening and congratulations, Walter, on receiving the World Federalist Association's Global Governance Award. For more than a generation in America, it wasn't the news until Walter Cronkite told us it was the news. All right, so it's not the news until the guy who's proud to sit at the right hand of Satan says it's the news. We got it? All right, good. Um, so this should not be surprising if you've been reading your Bibles. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, we read, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. It's talking about Satan, and it's referring to Satan as the God of this world. Now, we don't want to misunderstand this. Satan is not God. Satan is not a God. Satan is not an equal counterpart to God. But he is the God that most of the people on this planet worship, whether that be a statue, a rock, a a demon god, themselves, money, doesn't matter. They're worshiping Satan. Okay, here's another one from 1 John 5, verse 19. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Wow. They didn't teach that at seminary. No, they probably probably did. Uh, So, we got some bad news, folks. It's easy for us to judge these great reset, new world order clowns and all the rest of it. But guess what? That's us too, right? Uh, unless you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, we're all in the same boat with them. We're all going to the exact same place. We think our sins are not quite as bad as theirs. I got news for you. All sins are punishable by death and hell. 
That's a fact. Okay? Uh, sins against God are sins against an infinite creator. There's no way that a finite being like any of us can possibly repay an infinite debt. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, I want to encourage you to think about this and to pray about this. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 tells us we all have sinned, every single one of us, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And we know what the problem, the penalty for that is. The wages of sin is death, according to Romans 6, verse 23. But the good news, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's some really good news, folks. God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. He died in our place so that we didn't have to pay that infinite debt that we could never pay. That way we can be reconciled to God and be adopted into his family. He can become our father and we can become literally children of God. In Romans 10, verse 9, we read that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's a promise. Now, it doesn't mean a fake conversion. It it means literally you really have to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. That means forgive people. And uh, this is really interesting. Paul says that uh, we would not want to be outwitted by Satan. We are not ignorant of his designs. And yet so many Christians in America today are completely oblivious to the work of Satan, even though it's all around them. They're literally surrounded by it. Okay? Uh, if any of you felt fear as a result of the information that I presented tonight, that fear did not come from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay, and you know the old expression, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Well, it's true. Uh, thousands of years ago, during the time of King David, the kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed one. That's what we read in Psalm 2, verse 2. And uh, you're probably wondering how God thinks about this. You suppose he's scared? <laughs> right? The kings of the earth are conspiring against me. Oh, no. Well, in verse 4, we read that the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord ridicules them. These people think they're so powerful. They think they're going to have a new world order and a great reset. God's laughing at them. God is laughing at these people. And if you are one of God's children, you can laugh with him. Okay? God tells us we need to submit to God, resist the devil, and what he will flee from you. We've got very clear instructions. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. None. Zero. Not a zip. What should we be doing? We should be reproving them, exposing them. And I feel so blessed that I get to do that all day, every day. It's uh, incredible joy and incredible honor. Okay. Um, God tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people, he's not talking about all people, he's not talking about the whole country, my people, God's people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven, he will forgive our sin, and he will heal our land. Now, I don't want anybody to get this wrong, right? George Soros and Klaus Schwab, these guys, they're bad guys, like us, but they're not the real problem. They're not the real enemy. We learn in Ephesians 6.12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Folks, we're dealing with demonic forces, satanic forces. The guys we see on our television screens, they're puppets. They're blinded by Satan. Okay, Ephesians 6, verses 16 and 17 gives us some really clear instructions. Take the shield of faith. That's how you're going to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. It's not politics. It's not education. Those things are important. But to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, you're going to use the shield of faith. And then we have an offensive weapon as well. That is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, our Lord and our Savior showed us how to use this weapon. Satan took him up to an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and he said unto Jesus, all these things I will give you if you will just fall down and worship me. And Jesus responded, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So how did Jesus respond to the satanic attack? Using the word of God. It is written, right? There's 873 genders. No, there's not. Go read your Bible. God created the male and female, right? Uh, in Ephesians 3, chapter, or chapter 3, verse 10, we read that through the, man, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is one of the things the church is supposed to be doing, is showing the wisdom of God to the powers and principalities. Is the church doing that? I don't think enough. 
Now, the, the Great Reset is basically satanic. Everything God ordains, everything God instructs us in as morality, it's all flipped on its head, right? God ordained nations, they want to destroy nations. God ordained family, they want to destroy family. God created private property, they want to take all your stuff away. God said, be fruitful and multiply, they don't want you to have babies. So if we're going to uh, go forward properly, if we're going to fix our nation, we need to start applying the Bible to every area of life, not just Sunday morning, to our businesses, to our families, to our politics, to our government. Every area of life needs to be in submission to God, including the education of our children. We've got the Great Commission. We are supposed to be going out and making disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, the King. He's coming back. You better be obeying. And, guys, that begins in our own home. Okay, I, I love sending missionaries overseas. It's great. It's important. But if you're losing your own children, you've got to reassess your priorities. So some great sources of information. We've got stuff in the back. Uh, I want to really strongly urge you to protect your children, folks. This is a picture of my family and me. We homeschool our kids. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be easy, right? It's, you're not going to walk out of here and everything's going to be perfect. You're going to be rich and beautiful and all that. Nope. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So if you commit your life to Christ, when you leave here tonight, you should leave not expecting easy street. You should leave here expecting persecution. That's not a message a lot of, want to, a lot of people want to hear, but it's true. Okay? But we can take solace in the Word of God. There's so many stories. I wish we had more time to share. But in, if you go to Judges chapter 7, you read the story of Gideon, right? God takes this little guy from a little non-important family and says, hey, you're going to uh, crush the enemy. And uh, he says, okay, i got an army of 22,000. That's way too big. Shrink it down. Send all the cowards home. Whittles the army down to 300, and then guess what? God shows his power and crushes a massive enemy army. David slew Goliath. All he had was faith, Okay. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35, we read this incredible story. It came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. God dispatched one angel to slaughter 185,000 enemy forces that had come against the people of God. So do not fear God's in charge. One angel can knock out all their little schemes, okay? If God is for us, who can be against us? Here's some really good news. When the Son of Man returns in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before Him. Satan will not succeed in his plan to destroy the nations and create this abominable, freakish thing that he wants to do. In fact, the Lord said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. He's going to make the enemies of Christ into Christ's footstool. On this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No matter what they throw at us, no matter how much they hate the church, no matter how much they persecute us, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And guess what? Gates are defensive. We should be on offense going against the enemy. Okay? Uh, and some more good news, folks. As it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Every single knee is going to bow. Every single tongue is going to confess. So um, be of good cheer, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We are going to win. God bless you. Friends, it was a spectacular evening. The VCY rally with Alex Newman exposing the Great Reset. And we are glad that you hopefully listened to not only today, but also yesterday's crosstalk where we were able to bring you the entire presentation on the air. But even better is to have the DVD and take in this information, take it to heart, and to the ones you love. And yes... Alex did save the best for last, and how there is nothing going to get through to God's people that won't first have to come through Him. That DVD is available when you call 1-800-729-9829 or when you visit crosstalkamerica.com. In our final segment, we're really going to dial this thing in, going back to a past crosstalk where Jim was visiting with Alex and how fresh words from President Biden verifies all of this. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Now it has gone international. The sad video out of the Mid-South, where I live, of daycare workers putting on a scream horror mask and getting into the face and literally screaming in the face of little toddlers and then chasing them around the room horrifying them from one classroom to the other. 
As I said, the video has gone international. I talked to the sheriff's department for that county and was told last Friday that daycare has been closed while they're under investigation. But what does this say about our culture? What is happening to the children of America? Apparently, if they're not being aborted, they're being encouraged to be shot up with a COVID-19 shot that has had horrible effects on people of all ages. What has happened to the fact that we don't seem to value children? Jesus talked a lot about children, that the kingdom of heaven is filled with children. What it says about our culture is we're a debased culture that doesn't respect life or the little ones. Here in our final segment of Crosstalk today, a quick rewind to spring of 2022. You may remember words from President Biden mentioning a new world order, further verifying a global reset. Here were Jim's comments and then also his conversation with Alex Newman. Uh, if you've been a regular listener of this program, you will know that for years, and should I say even decades, we have brought up the issue of the push that's been going on for a new world order. And I, I remember early on people said, well, there, there's nothing to that. That's just a conspiracy theory. That's not really what that speaker meant when they used those words. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that conspiracy theory uh, has taken new legs and continues to take new legs, not only since uh, COVID uh, came around, but also uh, just uh, March 21st, 2022, President Biden addressing the Business Roundtable CEO quarterly meeting. And he said, We are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of, as the, uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Words from President Biden. Well, I know this topic does not take you by surprise because you've been warning about this forever and forever. But tell us your response to what we heard from President Biden say what he said on March 21st. Well, it's just yet another admission of what they have been planning for many generations now. And over the last 40 years or so, we've had a, a series of very clear statements on this topic of a new world order, kind of outlining what it looks like, uh, when it's coming, et cetera. And so this is just another one of those. Now, I think Biden was a little bit misleading in what he said. He suggested that America was going to lead mm -hmm. the new world order. And I think the, the plan of the architects of this new world order is to actually knock America down and have it be one of a, a concert of nations, as the architects of this plan like to describe it, that would kind of shepherd the new world order into being. And then once it's here, uh, kind of guide it and lead it. And uh, so the United States would be one country among several major ones, probably Russia, China, maybe Brazil, India, South Africa, Germany, the UK, some of the major industrial powers. But uh, they've been very clear for at least a decade that they hope to eventually phase out what they describe as the unipolar world order, which is the, the world order where America has had basically unchallenged global supremacy, has been the global hegemon, and, and a move toward what they describe as a multipolar world order, where you would have a number of different poles of power that uh, kind of all work together. And I, I think we're seeing the birth of that as we speak with what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, with what just happened in Afghanistan, and with the way that the U.S. economy is being deliberately undermined, with the way our military is being deliberately undermined. Uh, the plan is to make one is to make America one among many rather than the leader of this new world order. Do you think that President Biden knows that? Does he understand that? I mean, he he talked about uniting the rest of the world uh, uh, and that, that we've got to lead this. Uh, but do you think he really knows that, that the U.S. is not really part of the picture here? Well, if I'm perfectly honest, Jim, I don't think Biden really understands a lot of what's going on. Uh, I think he is reading scripts. 
he is reciting what's being told to him through his earpiece by his handlers. But uh, you know, at this point, and, and I say this with all due respect, I don't mean this in an offensive way. Uh, I think Biden's cognitive decline is very clear to see. Uh, I think you, you almost have to go out of your way to avoid seeing it. And so how, how much Biden truly understands about what he's reading from his teleprompter, uh, I think, is, is a fair question. Uh, I get the sense that he, at one point, I think he did understand pretty clearly. In fact, he wrote in 1992 a piece for the Wall Street Journal uh, titled How I Learned to Love the New World Order. And I think at that point, he did understand pretty clearly what was going on. He argued for uh, what, and I'm quoting here, uh, breathing life into the UN charter. So I think at that point, he did understand. I think at this point, he's just reading from a teleprompter. But I do think his handlers probably understand very well that uh, America is not going to be leading the new world order per se. Uh, it may be leading the world into the new world order. But when all is said and done and, and the dust settles from the current crises that are uh, growing and escalating all around the world, uh, it's going to be very clear that America is no longer the sole dominant player on the scene. We know that COVID has been the, the catalyst for promoting what's called the Great Reset, this new social order. But I am going to play, and it's two minutes long, but the head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, and just hear some of his words on this, and then we'll have a, a comment here from our guest, Alex Newman. Klaus Schwab. The COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. It has laid bare the fundamental lack of social cohesion, fairness, inclusion, and equality. In short, we need a great reset. Alex, sounds pretty creepy. It's incredibly creepy. And it's it's all these globalist ideas and agendas and talking points all wrapped into one. Mm-hmm. But if you listen carefully to what he's saying, he gives you a lot of clues about what they're doing. They're exploiting these crises to bring about these uh, really enormous changes in the way uh, humanity is governed and the way business is conducted, uh, even in the social contract. Uh, the uh, social contract, he says we need a new one. And uh, one key element of this, Jim, and I know you've heard this as well, is uh, he describes it as the fourth industrial revolution. He says that's a critical part of the Great Reset. And once you start digging into the fourth industrial revolution, you realize he's talking about literally changing what it means to be human. He's talking about redefining uh, the essence of what it means to be human and merging human beings, our biological systems, with technological systems. Those are his words. I hope people are paying attention, and I hope people will pay uh, closer attention going forward, because uh, if these people are allowed to proceed unchecked, uh, we're talking about some very, very dramatic and I think very dark changes. Get the full presentation, Exposing the Great Reset, on DVD when you call 1-800-729-9829. Our sincere thanks to Alex Newman, also to his wife and family for sharing him with us for the rally. Keep them and their ministry in your prayers. For Jim Schneider, I'm Dalton Windsor, and as Alex mentioned, in Christ Jesus... Be of good cheer, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We are going to win. God bless you. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.